This is Jordan Love, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by rosterwatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here of course with the Trash Man, back from Hawaii. So we should be able to get back onto our regular podcasting schedule moving forward after this week. But it's good that we have this Wednesday podcast this week to go through the remaining two teams that we have not discussed coming out of the NFL draft. And now also as it relates to all this minicamp and OTA buzz, Trash Man, talking about the NFC North and the NFC West. A lot of interesting things to hit on in these two divisions. Before we get started, just wanted to remind everybody to please give us a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify if you're listening in those two platforms and if you're watching on YouTube. If you could please give us a thumbs up, everything there. We have um, version 2.3 up of the Best Ball Cheat Sheet for Underdog uh, available at rosterwatch.com. That does feature also for our pro members the csv download where you can put the cheat sheet directly into underdog to help you make sure that you don't get auto drafted or swindled with anybody that um anybody that the adps are super high on that maybe we might not be and also kind of has the guys at the top of your queue that would have the cheat sheet uh the, the, the cheat sheet would have you kind of deciding between we are we're also up to version 1.3 of the dynasty rookie cheat sheets um, some updates to those I made just this week on Monday. So those are all for our pro members. Uh, the redraft cheat sheets, the magical, the mystical, the mythical redraft cheat sheets that I'll be turning most of my attention to look like they're probably going to be coming out sometime um, at the beginning of June. So stay tuned for those. But super excited about a new season. Trashman, we got OTAs going on. You're back from Hawaii. You feel pumped? Pumped is not necessarily the word I would use to describe it. After do you ever a, feel pumped? I, just, I do. I, I mean, just I just, you know, just I was up and excited about something. I was traveling for like 12 hours yesterday. So I'm still a little bit, uh, a little bit jet lagged, so to speak. You get, you get more free travel and everything than I can ever imagine. Trash, man. It's just really, it's just, I was, I was trying to look at tickets to go see Byron out in Sarasota and it's like a t- tickets for a family of four just to go out there from Austin to Sarasota, dude. It's like it, it's it's like almost like sixteen hundred dollars, two thousand bucks just for a quick trip somewhere in there. After you gotta the you gotta you gotta fly on Allegiant when you're going out to see Byron. Now is that the deal? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. I, I knew Trashman might have some kind of some kind of swindle. I figured you said <laughs> I just need to meet some need to meet some rich friends that'll pay for my ass the same way they do for you. No, I mean like you can get a ticket out to Byron for hundred and thirty bucks. Out of Austin? Yeah. Direct. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give it. Yeah. For, for round trip? Yeah. Oh, all right. Well, I'll, 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 give, I'll give that a look. It can't be any worse than flying Southwest these days. <laughs> Christ. A once great American company. Just, man, they're so bad. Um, all right. So here, let's just get started. Let's start with, <laughs> let's, let's start with um, the NFC, NFC North. What do you say? So, uh, the first team by alphabetical order in the north is going to be Detroit. The, the Detroit Lions. So, of course, we know they took Jameer Gibbs with the uh, 12th overall pick 
in the draft. Other than that, um, Sam Laporta, who they took in the second round, the tight end out of Iowa, that I, I think, you know, the more and more you think about that, the more and more interested you kind of get in Sam Laporta, right? Um, well, the word is out of Detroit that he's the best player on the field right now. Well, well, that's that's because Jameer Gibbs isn't on the field. Jameer <laughs> Gibbs, he, like getting off to a little bit of a rough start there in his Detroit tenure. He, I guess he he has an ankle. He says he just, the quote was he's straight, he's great, he's good. You know, they they he wouldn't even give any real detail about it. Like they really act like it was no big deal, and he seemed fine. I saw the videos of them um, getting to see Ford Field for the first time. The the the, the rookies. Jameer Gibbs looks looks fine. You know, they're just obviously kind of taking it easy on him. The interesting thing was that there were some quotes I was reading, maybe in the athletic or maybe it was the sporting news. I forget what maybe it was in live. So I, I wish I had him pulled up and I could I, I could attribute it properly. But it was the assistant GM there in Detroit saying like, hey, well, you know, he has to tell Jameer Gibbs and constantly constantly remind him, like, listen, we're not going to put everything on your plate right to begin with. You know, a lot of guys take this on their back to, you know, just go out there and do everything all at once when you're taken with such an early selection, especially for Jameer Gibbs, where the, the selection was widely panned by a lot of people, right? A guy that, you know, a guy that people was getting first round buzz and a good player, right? A good offensive weapon. We, we love Jameer Gibbs, but people are like, really, man, like a running back that early in the, in the first round. And he's like a sub 200 pound running back. Um, apparently he's kind of taken this whole, chip on his shoulder kind of kind of deal and um they had said like you know we're not gonna we're not gonna put too much on you and everything like i just i wonder if i just i wonder if, if with his current adp right now it's like if we look at the if, if we just look at underdog trash man and we look at where jameer gibbs is going at 38.6 right in a half point ppr best ball league so he's going just outside the third round and we compare that dude david montgomery's falling like a cliff He's going 50, almost 50 spots after him at 86.7. Which is wild to me. I mean, it's it's wild to me, too, considering we know one of those. I mean, we I, – I think I would bet with one a mortgage payment that David Montgomery is going to score more touchdowns next year than Jameer Gibbs. That feels like a lock if both those guys are healthy. Yes. Yeah, I mean, especially seeing, you know, how the Lions offense has operated over the past two seasons – it seems pretty obvious to me that it's not going to be one or the other um, who's getting all the touches, but it does seem like David Montgomery is going to be the goal line, um, the goal line back for the Lions. Well, what I've done in the best ball cheat sheet, and you guys can check it out who are pro members. I, I've, I've, I've moved those guys really close to one another to where we're, we're, we're now a little bit ahead of ADP on David Montgomery because I, I just I, – I don't see what has changed. Why is his ADP falling like a rock? Because they get rid of DeAndre Swift. They bring in a guy that looks a lot – I mean, he looks a little bit like DeAndre Swift and Jameer Gibbs. It's not like – it's not that – I don't know. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a – it just doesn't seem like it's that big of a difference. It, like, his situation hasn't changed at all from when he was being taken 15, 20 spots earlier than this in the, in the super, super early, you know, best ball drafts after the initial move to the lions happened. So um, David Montgomery, certainly. And then the, the, the other thing I did want to touch on was just the buzz about Sam Laporta, um, the tight end. And I, I think the buzz makes sense because if you just, I just, when I look at the depth chart for the Detroit lions and I look at what they look like 
before Jamison Williams comes back, it's not a good, it's not a really a good receiving group outside of Amon Ross St. Brown. It's your boy Josh Reynolds and it's Marvin Jones. And it's all the guys we know behind them, like the Trinity Bensons, the Khalif Raymonds, like all these dirt balls like this, right? But I mean, wasn't the Lions, didn't they talk about how they set the record last year for tight end touchdowns without even having TJ Hawkinson on on, on the team? Because it, it was all you ever saw. I mean, he turned on these games on Sundays and it was like Brock Wright. And it was it was a Shane Zilstra, James Mitchell, like all these guys are catching touchdowns. You bring in Laporta that comes from that, you know, that Iowa that Iowa ilk, and um, somebody who I I don't know. It's to to me it to me it seems like I mean Laporta now is somebody who probably should be being taken, you know earlier than maybe where his ADP is. I'd like to see where the ADP is right now. But what I've liked to do is if I get off to a kind of weird start in these best ball drafts and what we've sort of built in is that um, you can get like a Chigo Conquo, right? And then, uh, you know, in, in the early to early double-digit rounds and, you know, follow that up with like a Dalton Schultz or something like that. One of these guys, Dalton Schultz, should see a lot of opportunity there in Houston. And then just take – Take a guy like a like a Sam Laporta with your third pick as a as, as as a tight end, and just go three tight ends. Don't waste any of those premium picks on them. You could probably cobble together something at that position. So good early returns on on Laporta, which sounds good. Which sounds good to me. Wait, we said that the Detroit Lions is the number one in the NFC North as far as alphabetical, but I'm not sure that's true. Is it trash, man? Because last oh, time, the Chicago Bears, the Chicago Bears are, are, are in the NFC North. I mean, as, as as usual, forgotten about Chicago as a fantasy uh, option. You're still on Hawaii time. Uh, let's let's go to the Bears and some definite news from the OTAs out of those guys. But first, let's go over their uh, draft picks and you know the two that are probably most notable for us, of course, Roshan Johnson, who got taken in the fourth round. Who now uh, GM Ryan Poles has come out and said. I can't believe he fell to the fourth round. None of us understood it. All of us, you know, blah, 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 this kind of stuff. But it kind of does show something that if you read the reports and you see who they've made available um, during these OTAs and the mini camps, they had their first voluntary mini camp, of course, um, last month. But then they had rookie mini camps earlier in May. Right now is whenever the OTA offseason workouts are. So they had their first one on Tuesday. They have another one today on, on Wednesday. They have them basically through the rest of May. They have May 19th, May 23rd, May 24th, May 27th, and then June 6th through June 9th. They have their mandatory minicamp coming up June 14th through 16th. And Roshan Johnson keeps kind of getting interviewed. The, the media keeps giving him to the um, – the media department keeps kind of giving him to the media for interviews and stuff like that. And I can see why because Roshan's a really good interview. He's a really sort of a stand-up dude. He's talking about how the offense has some things up his sleeve this year that – they might not be expecting, but there is still Deontay Foreman there to deal with. There is still Khalil Herbert there to deal with. I did notice um, um, our friend Scott Barrett put out this list today of um, yards yard, yards per rush over expectation uh, over the course of the last couple of years, and Khalil Herbert was pretty high up on that thing. I think he was like number two of everybody that he charted. I mean, he's been a really efficient runner. Do you know who's the most efficient runner in the league? 
you know who who, who was at the very bottom, Trash Man? Can you guess? Ezekiel your... Elliott? Yes, but guess who else? A younger player who a lot of people are really high on. Do we, do we, uh, we by necessity, have to be a little bit high on because we liked him at the Senior Bowl? White? Rashad White, just miserable. Miserable. A lot of his efficiency stuff has been really bad. So, um, yeah, I, I think the stuff with, with Roshan Johnson, just the way that they're talking about him, and the fact that the local beat is saying, look, this is going to be a committee to start, but there's no reason to think that Roshan Johnson can't emerge out of this thing out of the, uh, as the RB1. Uh, the general thoughts around there, though, is that it probably is going to stay a committee. So we'll keep up to date with it. I don't know if you have anything else to, you know, anything else that you're concerned with with the Bears or whether you, you know, want, want, want to move on to the next team here. Yeah, nothing else really with the Bears that I'm concerned with. I mean, it's the, that backfield is really the only, I guess, skill position that I think has really been affected by the draft. Well, there's Tyler Scott, but we'll we'll see about Tyler Scott. I don't, I don't think either you or I was particularly super high on him. Um, okay, so let's go to the Green Bay Packers. They take in the first round, of course. Lucas Van Ness, uh, some fa- a lot of fantasy relevant stuff here because they also brought in the two tight ends, Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State, Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State, second and third round respectively. Jaden Reed was the kind of big surprise to a lot of people, not us, because we see a lot of Antonio Brown, sort of Stephon Diggs out of Jaden Reed, the wide receiver out of um, Michigan State, who they called Bird just because of the way that he can fly. Dontavion Wicks, who had the big 2021 year for Virginia, but then the real down year in 2022, didn't necessarily show up at the Combine the way that we would have liked. They also took Lou Nichols, um, who's the running back out of Central Michigan, actually a bigger running back that was very productive. Um, I don't know how much – I don't know how much really he's going to factor in right now with the runners that they do have on board. And by the way, speaking of, I mean, Aaron Jones is just continues to be a a real value in these best ball drafts going at pick 55.2. I mean, in these drafts where I start out with like three wide receivers or maybe take a Kelsey in the first round or something like that. And I can get Aaron Jones in the fifth round of these drafts. I can go tight end three wide receivers. Then Aaron Jones is my, running back one and then maybe hope for like a Miles Sanders or a JK Dobbins or something like that as my running back two. those sort of upside down flip builds. Like it's it's for once we're like a zero one to to me, that doesn't seem like a zero running back build. It feels, do you know what it feels almost like? It feels like a dead zone running back build. It feels (laughs) like the, the, the dreaded dead zone, you know, I, I don't, I don't mind the dead zone this year. I don't mind. Aaron Jones. I don't mind Miles Sanders, J.K. Dobbins, Damian Pierce, Joe Mixon. You know, we'll we'll talk about Dalvin Cook in a second because that's a whole other thing. But I mean, Pacheco, Cam Akers, Rashad White. I mean, they're talk about cobbling something together. Like you can cobble together a running back group out of that with some really really elite uh, top end stuff. As far as Jaden Reed, um, the it's it's funny, man. It's like if you read the Athletic and what the beat writers are saying, it's like. The battle going on for the number three spot is between Jaden Reed and Samari Torre. Right. And I, they brought in Kiki QT for a, um, a visit just today on Wednesday. And that worries me a little bit about what they might see, see of Reed out of the slot. But there was one of these Packers mailbags I was reading on The Athletic where somebody said, all this stuff about man, fans are so funny. 
they're so funny. They're, they're saying like this stuff about Jaden Reed getting work at kick returner. It reminds me so much of Amari Rogers. And I worry it's going to be like an Amari Rogers where they, you know, they put him a kick returner and, and he, and he loses confidence after he drops a few kicks and he gets in the team's bad graces and all of a sudden he sucks. And like, he's like, and the writer's just like, well, dude, it's uh, <laughs> an interesting theory, but you know, he's like, he's a good player. And, and if, if, if he, if he makes plays, he's, he's going to get going. Uh, I think based on that report that they like him most out of the slot, but I don't think it's true that Romeo Dobbs is locked in as the wide receiver two for them. That can't be you true. Don't? No. I mean, well, I he, he some some are saying he might be the wide receiver one. What? Over you haven't, you haven't read any, You haven't read that? I well, any. I would stop reading anybody. I'm, who I'm pretty that. sure it was out of the athletic. I'm. I'm I would I'm, stop. I would, I'm, well, I, I'm fairly do you, certain. Do you know the reason? Report out of the athletic. You know what? I haven't read it, and if I did read somebody writing that, I would stop. I would stop reading it, <laughs> and I would click the X button, and I'd say no. I'd, I'd go. I'd have to go take a shower. That would that'd be, <laughs> be, that'd be the dumbest thing I'd ever heard. That's ridiculous, Christian. Christian, you can't put those guys. You got the only way you could put those two guys in the same sentence is if you were to say the Green Bay Packers wide receivers are, and then you list them off. It's the only way you can put those two guys in the same sentence. Um, Jaden Reed is, is on a different level than Romeo Dobbs. He, and Christian Watson certainly on a different level than Romeo Dobbs. So um, Jaden Reed should be taking over that number two role sooner than later. His ADP is starting to creep up a little bit. I think he's somewhere in the 170s right now, which is higher than it was. You, know, you could take him before all this stuff, certainly before the NFL draft. Yeah, so 170.1 on underdog. Before the NFL draft, you were looking at like a 202 to 205 kind of deal. So it was good that we got a lot of exposure to him early. And we'll continue to get it because that comes at a point in the draft where it, it's, a, it's, it's a good time to be throwing darts. Um, I, you know, I, I, I haven't really heard anything about how – when are there – so what are the camp dates here for them? So the Packers have um, – so their OTAs are going on. So they've only had their rookie minicamp. So yeah, I haven't heard. I, I was gonna say that I haven't heard anything about how Jordan Love looks. The reason why is their their OTAs offseason workouts don't start till the twenty third. So we'll start next week to see like how does Jordan Love look connecting with these guys. What's it you know what does that whole thing feel like? It looks like we'll get those pretty steadily um, through June. The mandatory minicamp though for the Green Bay Packers that everybody has to be at will be June 7th through June 9th. All right, let's go to the Minnesota Vikings. Of course, they took Jordan Addison with the 24th pick in the first round out of USC by way of Pitt. Um, that's the big deal. I mean, they took also Jaron Hall, the quarterback, in the fifth round out of BYU. They took Dwayne McBride out of UAB in the seventh round. Um, Jaron Hall, the only way I've heard about him is simply because at the rookie mini camps, um, you know he's he's the guy that's throwing the ball to Jordan Addison, and Jaron Hall comes off the field and he's just like he's like oh Jesus man I feel like I'm <laughs> just but feels like he's talking about how he's playing with the Ferrari out there their their rookie mini camps just ended two days ago, uh, and then OTAs are actually going on right now uh, the 16th and the 17th they also have them on the night sort of the 19th through the 31st with a few days off. Of course, mandatory mini camps again, June seventh through June ninth. Um, Jordan Addison, Kevin O'Connell just said 
Kevin O'Connell thought he looked so good that Kevin O'Connell wanted to go out and throw footballs to him. Did you see these clips on Twitter? No. He, he he wanted to get in and he wanted to get in and drills and th- and throw to JA. Um, they just say he looks like he's. He says it's clear, it's clear he's 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 well. He says clearly he's well ahead of the others. They didn't want to. The the Vikings aren't doing a tap the brakes thing with Jordan Addison. Well, you know, that's why. I mean, I I I, I wrote a um position battle piece about the NFC North the other day, and I didn't I didn't include Jordan Addison for the Vikings because I don't think there is a position battle there. I think he's the number two. Yeah, I mean, he should be going like he there should be a chasm of difference between him and KJ Osborne in these drafts. And, and there is, there is, but I think a lot of times we can catch rookie fever with these players. I'm not necessarily worried about catching rookie fever with, with Jordan Addison. I mean, he's just, he's such a good player. The opportunity is certainly there. And if you, what's the ADP right now? So Jesus, we, we, we are up to pick 70 now, which is certainly, it's creeping up a little bit. It's creeping up a little bit, but it's still around guys like, uh, you know, do you like him more than Kadarius Tony and George Pickens? We're getting up there to where he's I mean, he's up close. there. I mean, honestly, I think of all the rookie receivers, he probably has the greatest chance for success in his rookie season. So you like him at pick 70 more than you like Jackson Smith and Jigba at like pick 58. Yeah. I think I, I do too. I've I've moved those guys to where we're we're basically at ADP with Jordan Addison, so we're gonna get some of him. We're not getting much of JSN, and we'll talk about him soon. And you know what? The reports from him out of Seattle have, have been good. They've they've been. I think the reports on all these all, all these guys are gonna be good. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean a lot but, of it depends. A lot of it, like I thought initially, depends on where they landed and you know the situations that they're in. Do you do you? Uh, so in your column you wrote the other day about a NFC North division battle, the NFC North division position battles, it feels like you and Byron are both on this thing where it's like you've already written Dalvin Cook off that he's gone. And that's what the buzz has been. They're really trying to get rid of him. He's carrying a, he's carrying a huge contract into this year. If you look at PFF, I mean, I was just looking at it earlier. I mean, it, it wasn't quite as bad as you would think it would be from a yards after contact per attempt standpoint in 2022. But if you look at stuff like where he's traditionally, where, where he's been like, where Dalvin's traditionally been really good in like breakaway runway rate and stuff like that, he just, he, he really isn't among the, I mean, he's what, num- number 25 of, of uh, 20% snap qualifiers from, from 2022. I mean, he's behind. He's behind Damian Pierce. He's behind guys like Bam Knight and Eno Benjamin and Devin Singletary and Tyler Algier and stuff like that. You know, the 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 runs of ten plus yards still pretty good. The force missed tackles are still pretty still pretty good. Um, the the one thing is just the inefficiency in the receiving game. His yards per route run that I looked at is just oh yeah. So dude, his his yards per route run at point seven two. He's he's tied with Brian Robinson and Jeff Wilson Jr. I mean not, that is not a lead by any means. I mean that is that is very very inefficient in the in, in the receiving game, especially when you consider. You know, I can can you believe that Derrick Henry led led, led the league in that at two point zero? Yes, <laughs> he was ahead. Yes. Of, he was ahead of Christian. This is the top five. 
in, in, in yards per route run 2022 um, regular season plus postseason for the NFL. Here's the top five. Which one of these is not like the other? Number five, DeAndre Swift. Number four, Alvin Kamara. Number three, Christian McCaffrey. Number two, Brees Hall. Number one, King Henry. Derrick Henry. I mean, I mean, God. we always said he was an exceptional pass catcher. Yeah, man. Just I can believe it. It's just 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 crazy to me. So with Alexander Madison, should we be taking him aggressively in the seventh round of these drafts? Because if he does, if Dalvin does move on, he's you know, Alexander Madison will then be being taken in the third round of these things. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we have to give Dwayne McBride a shot. Um, Dwayne, well, we talked, we, we talked about receiving, I think Dwayne McBride caught five passes during his whole career at UAB or something. No, it was, or maybe that was just his senior season, but it was, it was, it was pretty bad, man. It was pretty bad. Um, but Dalvin cook is old. He's 28. You think that anybody is going to, I mean, the, the report is saying that they want to do right by Dalvin, right? That's the report. Um, they want to do right by Dalvin, but the Vikings did replace Dalvin Cook with Alexander Madison on their on their Twitter profile, on their Twitter <laughs> banner. So it seems pretty obvious to me. I mean, it, it, does that mean anything? It means a it lot took, of things. Well, they literally, they literally one photo, thing in particular. They had their they they had their person in the in the social media department. They said, "Hey, get Dalvin out of there. Go ahead and put number two. Uh, go, go ahead and put Alexander Madison num- number two there, where we used to have number four. Okay. I mean, probably it probably says a little something, right? Well, it said. I think to me, what it says is that they're going to be leaning heavily on this receiving game. Probably so. But my question though is, okay, so they take him off the Twitter. They take Dalvin off the Twitter handle, or they take him off 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 the Twitter banner. They take everything else." away from there right dalvin cook is open to a new contract but what they're going to owe him what is it 12 to 14 million dollars per 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 per, i mean who's who's going to take that on 12 to 13 per year yeah this year they owe dalvin um let's see 2023 his cap number is 14.1 million dollars I got for some reason I thought it was only around ten, but no. In, in twenty twenty two, it was twelve. Yeah, wow. I mean, it's yeah. That's, we, that's whenever he whenever he signed the contract, he was getting twelve point six average per year. Wow. So dead money. Uh, if he's cut, if he's cut pre June one. It's uh, a dead money hit of eight point two million, but they save five point eight million against the cap. He's out of there. If he's cut post June one, it's only a five point one million in debt, so they can save three point eight. So they can save three million dollars by waiting post June one and save nine million against the cap. So I think maybe the reason we're not seeing him with Dalvin is they want to wait till the post June June one. I mean that makes a lot of sense. Um, but 
so what I've done is I've moved Dalvin Cook down because there's going to be uncertainty about a team that wants to take him on, who's going to take on the contract, who's going to take on him being old, his, his declining efficiency. And I've moved Alexander Madison up, but I, I don't know how much – I mean, how much higher can we really get on Madison than the seventh round, you know, late seventh, mid-seventh? I mean, are you comfortable with that? I mean, because when we look at guys in that range, trash man, and just like looking cross-positionally – running backs and wide receivers. You're talking guys like, you know, if I've been priced in to go around then, we're talking about going ahead of James Conner, going ahead of guys like Brandon Cooks, Gabe Davis, Rashad White, Deontay Johnson, Traylon Burks, right around the same time as Cam Akers. That seems a little high to me. But, we're, I mean, if we're saying that Madison then is really the only threat in the backfield for touches for Minnesota, then he needs to be that higher, higher. Well, it, if, if, we're saying that. if we're saying he's the only threat for touches, then we're going to be putting him as like th- at like 30 overall, right? But if Dalvin stays, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to have, a, we're going to have missed out on a lot of those guys. I mean, those are some decent sounding names there in that area that we're going to have missed out on for a guy that's going to be a dud and a, and a, and a handcuff. So where is the? I mean, I think I, mean, the late- I don't know. To me, it seems like the, you know they've they've replaced him on Twitter. They're saying they're probably they're not sold on keeping Cook. They draft a running back. To me, all these things lead to Cook's exit. But I just think, but I, I mean, what about David Montgomery and stuff? You're missing out on him. I just i th- I think that maybe Alexander Madison. We should be kind of at ADP at, at his current elevated ADP right now and just kind of stick with it. See if we can get him, but let's not get out over our skis. Let's not get left holding the bag. Let's see if we can get some exposure. Hope to not. I mean, I'll have to mess with it. Do you think? I mean, should we should we be making this move, making the big move for Alexander, Alexander Madison? Try and try to gain four four rounds of ADP value here. It seems to me. I mean, I think having the advantage of doing that outweigh weighs, you know, the the, the cons. All right. We well, you guys stay tuned for version 2.4, the best ball cheat sheet. I, I'm, I'm going to talk to Byron about it, and I'm going to split the difference between going hog wild and doing what Byron will you – know, Byron is going to say go hog wild because it's his sweetest angel, Alexander Madison. So I don't, I'm just like – I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place here. I think we're probably going to start getting some Alexander Madison here on the sheets. We were getting him early, but, it, God, it feels like there's been so, – I guess there are people out there just probably talking him up. Right. There's I mean, people are talking him up or guess people are just realizing this situation. And I just feel like I want to stay ahead of it. But I just I don't I don't want to get out too far out over our skis. All right. Uh, we got to get on, though, to let's let's move on to the NFC West. A little bit less to discuss with these teams trash man. So we should be able to go through it. We should be able to get through the Arizona Cardinals real fast. I would just say avoid these guys altogether. I mean, the more and more I think about it, I'm I'm worried about Michael Wilson. Yeah, he's a player who we really liked at the Senior Bowl, and a guy who we, you know, a guy who we thought could be a good sort of late dart throw, right? Yeah, fourth round of your fourth well, round I really like a, Michael Wilson. as a future pick. But the fact of the matter is, they haven't been able to trade DeAndre Hopkins. Marquise Brown is still there. Jonathan Gannon apparently really likes um, Rondale Moore, and. Here's the thing, dude. Kyler Murray's not, probably not going to – I mean, if you listen to Rap Sheet, he's not going to play for the first half of the season. We're not taking any of him in best ball. We, we, we don't, we don't want to deal with it. Even if he does play, he's going to be at risk of re-injury. 
His backup is still Colt McCoy, who's going to get hurt himself. Colt gets hurt. He's old now. He's going to get hurt. And guess who the backup to him is? Who? It's Clayton Toon. They, they drafted Clayton Toon from the Senior Bowl. From U of H? The U of H kid? I remember him from the Senior Bowl. That's, that's how uninspiring he was. That's how uninspiring he was. You know, um, we're talking about guys like we like guys like T- Tyson Bagent better than a guy like Clayton Toon. It's it like yeah. it really hurts. Um, is is Jeff Driscoll on that roster? Look, man, it doesn't matter. We're talking about Jeff Driscoll. Like, <laughs> so I, like all these guys, man, it's like it, it's it, this is tough. This is tough for all these dudes. Um, I'm not sure really what we could say about the fallout. I just think during OTAs, we're going to wait to hear what they say about Kyler. They say it's going to be in Jonathan Gannon's hands, which to me is a little bit worrisome because Jonathan Gannon to me seems like the Michael Scott of the NFL. Uh, <laughs> is he hilarious? Well, it's like it's the it's the cringy kind of hilarious when you see him interacting with his players. I'm not, you know what I mean? It's, it's weird, but they're saying he's going to be in charge of the timeline for Kyler's recovery. I'm like, dude, the only person who's going to be in charge of Kyler's timeline as far as his recovery is going to be Kyler Murray. Because yeah. Kyler. Kyler Murray carries himself a lot about some 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 Kyler Murray for sure. I just I think that the sports books are exactly right about this that these guys are going to be picking number one overall next year. And then what's Kyler going to say whenever they take Caleb Williams? <laughs> Would you take the over under on the what is it four and a half wins they're sitting at four and a half three and a half? I would take I would take the over. You think Colt's going to win a game or two before he gets knocked out of there, carted off? I can see him at five wins. Arizona, what are these? So there's a bunch of S's in this one. So there's the Seattle, there's San Francisco, uh, and there is Los Angeles. So, right, the Los Angeles Rams. So they take with their first pick was in the second round. They took Steve Avila, the, the, uh, the, 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 the really talented offensive guard out of, um, out of TCU, who I liked a lot coming out. Didn't do much, though, from the perspective of the fantasy landscape, except for taking Zach Evans. Uh, They took Zach Evans out of Ole Miss, previously also of TCU, in the sixth round of the draft. I think that, you know, people forget that Zach Evans that year, that, you know, the year that he came out as a high schooler, it was a a dogfight between recruiting websites and analysts about who was the best running back in the class between Bijan Robinson and Zach Evans. Yeah. Zach well, Evans. Gibbs, I think Gibbs is in that conversation too. But but it but it but it was Bijan and it it was Evans. You know, it was Bijan and it was and it was Zach Evans. Those guys were at the very top. Gibbs was up there, but you forget Gibbs did, Gibbs didn't start out at Alabama. Gibbs started out was he at Georgia he was at Georgia Tech, right? With the Char Choice. Um yeah, yeah but so Zach Evans has a ton of pedigree. And I mean, and I've seen it with my own two eyes. Like I've seen him at recruiting camps going back to the time that he was a junior and a senior in high school. I remember the first time I saw Zach Evans and shook his hand. I'm like, Jesus Christ, this kid's got 11 inch hands or something. Like his is one of the things where his fingers kind of cr- crawling all the way up into your shirt. Like he's just like, <laughs> this guy's got some growing to do. He's a really athletic beast. Go gadget arm. I think he's got, I think his hands actually ended up measuring 10 and a half inches at the, at, at the combine. So I was certainly onto something there with that. But um, so he's got the pedigree. He just, he didn't test like everybody thought that he was going to test. I think though, he's in a, it's a pretty good spot to be in, right? 
<laughs> that that Rams running back uh, group is woefully underwhelming. Yeah, and they, and they could uh, and they could. We've seen you know through the we've seen through the course of seasons like players on that exact team just pop up from out of nowhere to be really really you know important factors. So um, I think I mean that, yeah I mean and they need pass I mean he can be a pass catcher I mean like Van Jefferson is running as their number two right now. Well, that's the other thing that I wanted to bring up. They say that Matt Stafford, you know, people have left him for dead, but they're saying he's like back and he's and he's going to be healthy. He's, he's, he's healthy as can be. Uh, he looks, he's looking good. He's looking, uh, spry and fresh. He's not looking like a guy that wants to quit. They are, um, we'll see in real life though, cause the OTA start on May 23rd. They'll have him the 23rd, basically through the 26th. And then again, through May 31st through June 2nd. And then of course, like the rest, the mandatory mini camps, uh, will be June 7th through 9th. And we'll certainly have, you know, have our eyes on those and um, see if that, you know, if Stafford doesn't have the elbow thing, it really lifts a lot of guys on that offense. It, you know, he's going to have Cooper cut back. And like you mentioned, the other just thing I want to touch on is Van Jefferson. It feels like he's being slept on by basically everybody. But Van Jefferson's a good receiver. He's been a good pro. He's the he's the he's the he's the very technical son of an NFL wide receivers coach. He is going to be the number two for them. And with the attention that Cooper cup draws, you know, he def Cooper cup, man, he's kind of like this slot receiver cheat code. Right. And it's, it's kind of hard to cover him and the, in the combos that you would need to cover him in the areas of the field that he operates are just really, really hard to conjure up, but teams are going to have to adjust. They can't just let him keep having the season after season. Like he's had, you figure that might open some, some things up for a guy like Van Jefferson, who's a talented player and who's a pro's pro. He's a guy who I love taking well before his ADP, which I believe is also sort of in that 170s range. There's a couple of those 170s-ish type wide receivers, the Jaden Reeds, the Van Jefferson, some of those guys you can get laid in these drafts that I think pack a whole lot of upside. Is San Francisco uh, before Seattle? I think it is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. San. So San Francisco, they took tight end Cameron Leitu from Alabama in this. They also took Braden Willis out of, uh, out of Oklahoma for this. I don't think that matters to us at all, uh, as long as George Kittle is, is, is there. Um, my question for you is, have you seen any of the videos of Trey Lance? Have you seen any of the stuff where uh, – so the San Francisco 49ers right now, um, they had um, – the OTA offseason workouts, uh, I guess, let's see, May 23rd through May 24th. So I guess the videos I have seen have not been from the OTAs, but certainly there are videos out there of him throwing the football around. They're saying that he looks like a new guy. Kyle hey, Shannon. They Kyle say that about, they say Sam Darnold looks like the best quarterback that they've ever had in San Francisco. Well, I think Sam Darnold could be awesome in that offense. What if Sam Darnold's actually good? What if, what if Kyle Shanahan makes him good? He might be. He might well, we've be. Seen guy, we've seen guys like, we, like – we, we've seen the fucking Peter Copter. Like, what, Nathan <laughs> Peterman. We've seen him look like he's okay in that deal. Who's, what's the other one I'm trying to think of? Um, Beathard? C.J. Beathard? C.J. Beathard. Like, some of these guys, they can go out there, they can win some football. I mean, Sam Darnold actually has a little bit of arm talent. Like, what, what – 
what if he gets into this distributionist kind of system and he can he can he can run it through his head and stuff like that? That's, They've already I mean, said that Brock Purdy is their starter. Yeah, but Brock Purdy Brock, Brock Purdy has a UCL injury. Who knows when he's going to come back from this thing? He could he could he could ready for week one. He could he couldn't throw a tennis ball five yards a month after that <laughs> thing. Like so, I mean, we'll see. And here's the thing: he's still Brock Purdy. He's still a seventh-round pick out of Iowa State that nobody expected a damn thing out of. And I understand he looked fine. But, I mean, a year of tape on Brock Purdy, you don't think people are going to just pin their ears back and go get that little guy? Like, all both of these guys are going to be coming into focus at least through the beginning parts of the season. I'm just going off of what they, are, they have been saying. Are you holding out any hope for Trey Lance at all, just in football? In the NFL or as a 49er? In the in, in the NFL or as a four, no as a no as a as a as a pillar in the community. What do you think? Of course, in the NFL as a 49ers, whatever. Well, like, no, I mean, but, but there's a difference. I don't know that I, I see success for him as a 49er. I do see potential success for him somewhere else. Do you see success for him as a businessman or or, or a potential franchisee of a local restaurant after his <laughs> after his NFL days? <laughs> Lance was it Lance's what what Lance's uh what could he sell? I don't know. Lance's luges, Lance's no lawnmowers. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a good ring to it. Have a picture of Trey Lance riding like a John Deere lawnmower, waving his <laughs> waving his hand around. Um all right. The Seattle Seahawks, they went go, They went ahead and went – they didn't go edge rusher uh, in this draft. They went with with uh, De- with uh, Devin Witherspoon out of Illinois to start. Of course, with their second pick in the first round, they take Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State, our top wide receiver in this class. Then they go ahead and take Zach Charbonnet in the second round. And that's the big deal, right? The Charbonnet stuff and then the Kenny McIntosh stuff with that pick in the second round, that pick in the seventh round. And now you have Seattle, who clearly they've had their rookie minicamps because I've already heard that. Yeah, so their rookie minicamps were May 6th through May 8th. And that's where some of the quotes were coming from Charbonnet. When they were just asking him about, like, you know, what, how do you feel about getting drafted the same team as Ken Walker and all the rest? And he's like, dude, I'm just here to put my head down and we're, we're, we're going to go out and compete. You know, like Zach Charbonnet wants to compete. Is that just him saying what he wants to say, or is, is Charbonnet saying like, so. "Dude, I can no, fucking." I'm He's a, good, a second round pick. I'm a good running back. He he was a second round pick. I'm a second round pick. Like I'm good. You know, Zach Charbonnet's good, man. Hey, whoever is evaluating running backs there in Seattle is we're of a is a kindred spirit. I think. Yeah, they're Charbonnet. doing a good job, man. Two of our favorites, dude. Charbonnet. Mac- and then, hey, and then my boy McIntosh. Your boy McIntosh sucks. <laughs> But he is a pass catching. He is a pass catching back, and so it just it leads into the it leads into this thing where it's like, like we've talked about before. Charbonnet can catch. McIntosh can catch. Ken Walker was kind of showing that he could catch. We're like maybe he's on that pathway of a Melvin Gordon, where it's a Big Ten volume back that didn't do much of the in the receiving game in college. But then once he gets to the NFL, he kind of shows it. We were hoping that that first season was maybe a little bit of a sign of that. I I think behind the scenes that they wouldn't have drafted this this um, profile of running back if they were really, really excited about what Ken Walker could do in the passing game. And if that's the case, dude, we have Ken Walker now who we could have a lot of games next year from Ken Walker where it's like one target, 
13 touches, 62 scoreless yards, you know, and you're staring down the barrel of a 6.2 point fantasy game out of your like RB2. And that could be something that happens every now and then. Because here's the thing about Ken Walker, too. His with him, you're just and and the advanced stats bear this out across the board. You're waiting on him to break that big one. You are. You're holding your breath. You're waiting for that big monster to come. If that thing does, if that thing doesn't come, if you run the stats without these runs of over 40 yards, like and you can't do that, right? Because that's not fair. It's like that's part of his game. It's what people love about him, right? He's capable of doing that. So you, so you can't take it away. But if you give him less touches to get there, right, those things are going to be fewer and farther between. So it's, it's worrisome for Ken Walker. We're not getting any of him. Not really getting much Zach Charbonnet either. Um, it's going to be a situation where they, those guys have a really good run game, and it's going to be a good NFL run game. I think it's going to be hard unless there's sort of an injury or a situational change to sort of pilfer out which one. What, what does pilfer mean? Pilfer means to like take or steal. To pilfer out, pilfer, P-I-L-F-E-R. Pilfer out. Who's going to be the okay? To steal out. Yeah. To I mean, to, you might to so steal like, or to filch. What is to filch? To, to, to steal, to take. To filch. It's going to be hard to filch out. What, what, you mean uh, to like what, parse out? To like parse out. Right. I kind of like pilfer. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be hard to pilfer out. Who, who it's who it's who who's, who's going to be. Uh, every, every every week between those two guys, uh, and then it I guess Jay- both of them. Although it's, I mean, like it's it's, it's going to be so hard just with Jackson Smith and Jigma on that offense as well. I mean, just each week, who's going to be? It could because it could be anybody. Well, so what the so what the word is? What Pete Carroll said in the his opening press conference after they got him is that dude, they've been dying for the third wide receiver. They've needed this, you know. They've needed this. And they got him. And that's why they walked away from that first round saying that they hit a home run, you know, but they did say he's probably going to be slot, which shouldn't surprise us. I mean, he was, we, we thought maybe he could be. One of I, that's what I've been outside. saying the whole time. Right. Right. But dude, there's been some good slot. There's been some good slot players that they've developed there. You know, you think about the Doug Baldwin's and these types of guys, and you know, Pete Carroll is saying now, um, at the at uh, I forgot if it was the rookie camp or whether it was the uh, yeah so it was a, it was a, the quotes from the rookie mini camp or maybe it was the quotes heading maybe they had something today heading into the next weeks where the OTAs start uh, but I did see the quote today saying like dude he's gonna get a lot of he's gonna get a lot of activity we're gonna we're, we're gonna throw him a lot of balls um, so JSN I'm I'm not sure how much I love the landing spot for redraft I think next year once Tyler Lockett's likely gone that's when we see the big JSN breakout. I think this year's pro. If I could just uh, sort of tease out, maybe if I could pilf- pilfer out what it would. I think this year is going to be for JSN. I think it might be one of these years where we see solid progression, where we see a good statistical profile, where we see a lot of things our eyeballs really like, to where he's on an upward pro- tra- trajectory heading into next year, where that target share opens up from Tyler Lockett being gone, and then you say, "Holy shit."
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.